Hello, Text Talkers. Edwin here. I have a brief announcement before we get into the actual episode today. Andrew and I just want you to know that in order to make sure all episodes post on time and without missing any, we have to record these weeks in advance. That's why we don't talk about any current events, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Since we never know what the state of things will be on the day the episodes actually air, we just focus on the text we're talking about. However, we want you to know that we are obviously aware of the state our communities, country, and world is in. We are not ignoring or dismissing it. We are concerned. We are praying for you, for all our brothers and sisters, and for our fellow man in this difficult time. That being said, what better thing can we do while we and our families are practicing some social isolation than to talk about God's Word? So, keep us in your prayers, and we'll keep you in ours, and let's get today's episode started. Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see, I will empty Welcome back to Text Talk Podcast. Today we're looking at Acts chapter 11 on this episode. Edwin, what is our reading? We're continuing, as you said, in Acts chapter 11. We're moving on from the issue of Cornelius and Peter, and now we're going to learn about more Gentiles in Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 21. I am reading from the English Standard Version. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. So as you begin reading this in verse 19, and obviously Luke is making a, making a shift in the story here and shift in the action. Uh, but th- there's this word about the persecution it makes me wonder, oh, yeah, there was a persecution. When were we reading about that before? And, you know, I almost wonder if there's some type of technical vocabulary that I should be aware of that would, you know, guide me in my proper interpretation of the book of Acts. Oh, wow. Is there, is there some phrase? Is there some apparatus <laughs> by which... By which, when I read Acts and I see the word persecution after a few chapters, uh, you know, it it all makes sense. Wow. Thank you for that softball, that opening, that segue. We don't don't plan any of this ever. (laughs) Okay, yes. Back to you, Edwin. (laughs) Yes, there is. Thank you for allowing me to say it. I'm so glad. (laughs) So anyway, this is a really interesting thing. You may notice that the name of this podcast is called The Parenthesis Closes, which sounds like just a really weird thing to say. But... This, what we see here in Acts chapter 11 and verse 19 is taking us all the way back to Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, where it says this was after Stephen's death and Saul approved his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. 
And then we go on and we follow the stories of people who are preaching and who is hearing the gospel and those right. who are being saved. And then we get to Acts chapter 11 and verse 19, which you have so just nicely opened the door for me. We find this similar statement. Yeah. And the technical term for that. Okay. See, I read a book. Yes. And I learned a word. Yes. The word is inclusio. 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 So inclusio? I challenge inclusio. I Can you ch- say inclusio, boys and girls? <laughs> I challenge you to find an opportunity to use that in a sentence this week. Do it today. Do it today. <laughs> so, yeah, really what I've normally called this before I read that book was bookends. Okay. Bookends. We, we've got something at the beginning and at the end. But, and here's why it's all important. I mean, we're joking around. <laughs> Andrew's giving me a hard time because I said I wanted to use that word on the podcast today. And you have. <laughs> I got to. But the reason why this is important is because this is a rhetorical device. Yeah. It is a rhetorical device that Luke, our author, is using, and mm-hmm. he is trying to signal something for mm-hmm. us. He really is trying to point something out. And the reason you would use this, and it's... It's, it's usually, I don't think, for such a big a text as we have here, through about three chapters, yeah. three and a half chapters, but what it's pointing out is what's in between these things. The reason why you might call it a parenthesis or a bookend is because everything that's in between these two brackets, if you will, this inclusion and inclusio, is supposed to be seen as a unit. Right. And here's what this should do. When you get to Acts eleven nineteen and you hear this same sentence or this very similar sentence, it automatically causes you to say, wait a minute, I, I heard that before. Where did I hear that? You go back, you find it, and you realize, okay, so Luke is doing something in between these two brackets. I need to figure out what all of that together is about because he's using it as a unit. And uh, to your point, what's key here is when you just said, you heard this and you heard this. Hmm. Okay. When this was originally written, it was to be read aloud. Everyone didn't have their own copy of the scripture to read. And so, you know, the, the, the rhetorical devices are so important. You see them a lot in the epistles as well, because generally these are going to be read aloud. This is for oral culture to pick these things up. And so these are little clues for your ears. And let me point out here, because what we might be tempted to say is, well, they're going to read it. They can't go back and get it again. What I want us to recognize is they read these things more than once. Oh, yeah, they did. When, when this when this was written and it got to Theophilus and it started being spread around and folks in churches began to read this together, they didn't read it once and put it away. They read it again and again and again. And so having heard already once, when we read through that last time, I remember there was there was this key. I heard a statement and then I heard it again just a few minutes later. Now I'm listening for it. Mm-hmm. And now as mm-hmm. I'm listening to hear it again... I'm trying to think through, okay, what happens in between these two bookends? What happens in between this parenthesis? And it's really powerful. I just want to back up. I, I know we've hit on it a couple times, but it is so powerful and it's meaningful to me uh, and, and to all of us. But I'm a Gentile. You're a Gentile. I think probably almost everybody who's listening to us on this podcast, probably Gentiles, whether Christians or not, there may be some from among the Jews who are listening, but Let's face it, most are Gentiles. Here's what's been going on. So in Acts chapter 8, we hear about the persecution, and then the very next thing we witness is a string of conversions. Mm-hmm. There, this, this parenthesis, this inclusio, has four conversions. Conversion number one, a Samaritan sorcerer. Remember Simon. And all the Samaritan peoples, right? And, and the Samaritans in that community. Walking along with Philip the Evangelist That's there. That's exactly right. Yep. The Samaritans, however, while not... 
fully Jewish. Mm-hmm. There was some mixed religion. There was some mixed. And so they, they could almost see them as. And, and mixed hereditary. Some, some mixed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some mixed heritage. Heritage. So they, they. Okay. That's not going to the Gentiles. But boy, Samaritans. Really? Because the Jews did not Have like the Samaritans. No dealings with Samaritans. That's right. But the gospel goes to the Samaritans. Then the next thing we see is an Ethiopian eunuch, Mm -hmm. very likely a proselyte, Mm -hmm. very likely a Gentile who had become a Jew and now has traveled in. That guy gets to become a Christian. Mm -hmm. The third one is really amazing. Now, he's straight up a Jew's Jew. He is a Pharisee. He is just right down the line. But he is the enemy. The leader of this persecution. He is the enemy. He's the biggest enemy the church has seen since its inception, at least as we see in the book of Acts. But even he gets converted. Saul of Tarsus. And then finally, now we have a little interlude, and that's the miracles of Aeneas being raised up from his lameness and Tabitha being raised up from death. Mm -hmm. All of which pointing out to us that Peter is still faithful to the Lord. Yep. Then we see Cornelius, a Caesarean centurion. He also becomes a Christian. So we've got these four conversions, a Samaritan sorcerer, an Ethiopian eunuch. I like to refer to Saul as a priest's persecutor. And then, well, because he was sent by the priests. Oh, okay. Remember, he received letters from the priests to go persecute. Yeah, 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 so he's the priest's persecutor. Okay. All right. And then a Caesarean centurion. Mm -hmm. And all of this together in this unit, in this inclusio, in these parentheses, are basically saying this. If these guys can be converted, if these guys can be baptized, if these guys can be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, guess who else can be? Mm-hmm. Everyone. Yeah. Guess who else can be? Mm-hmm. You. Guess who else can be? Me. That's the point of this. And, and really... I don't want to bore people with technicalities and rhetorical structures because that can get... No, really, I don't. (laughs) Thank you for that eye roll that nobody else could see. Well, no one else could see it. We're not doing video yet. (laughs) Ever. But uh, I I don't want to bore folks with that. But boy, to me, it's not boring at all. Here is this rhetorical pointer that says, go back. Look at what happened between these two things. What do you learn from that? And I tell you what we learn. The gospel is for all. What is so rich about an episode like this, learning about things like inclusios, those are the kind of keys that just make Bible study better. And, you know, it, ju- it just helps people to unlo- unlock the text for themselves. And so, I, you know, I really appreciate this. I appreciate uh, looking that while Luke takes us through episode by episode in these chapters uh, of the various conversions, what we see is these other Christians, these other believers that we're finding out about now in Acts chapter 11, we don't even know their names. But the Lord knows their names, and they are soul winners. And they have been talking to people as they went, and people have been turning to the Lord. As you're saying all that, Andrew, I do want to wrap up today by just highlighting what all of this means about where we're going in the book of Acts. We've had essentially a three and a half chapter hinge Yeah, that's not a technical word that I learned by reading a book. That's just what I'm saying. It's a hinge because we're going to see a swing. We're going to see a shift up to this point. It's been focused on the Jewish Christians 
in Jerusalem, mostly looking through what Peter has done with mm-hmm. a couple of the other apostles with him, we're about to see a shift. We're going to move away from the Jerusalem Jewish Christians with Peter as the apostle to them, and we're going to move now to Antioch with Gentile Christians and with a bigger focus on Paul. Mm-hmm. So that, as far as Luke's rhetorical structure, we're about to see that shift, which is going to have uh, meaning implications for this book of Acts. But I want you to follow along. And now here's one of the things I really want to make sure we watch for over the weeks to come as we're reading, because we're about to see some stories that are very similar to the stories we've already read. But this time they're going to be about Paul instead of Peter. So let's pay attention over the next couple of weeks to all of these similarities. So really what we see here is we've we've hit now in this chapter, at least at this break, we've we've really hit a point in Acts that is a shift. We've learned a lot of things. I would like to hear what other folks have learned. Yeah, I would like to hear what you've been learning, whether from Acts or from other uh, books in the Bible that you're reading now. So please send us an email. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Or if you have some questions, we'd love to hear those as well. We might be able to respond to those someday. So we'd like to get your questions or what, what you've been learning. Go ahead and email us at text talk at christiansmeethere.org. And maybe we'd be able to respond to that on one of the episodes at some point. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a word of prayer. God and Father in heaven, thank you very much for the opportunity we've had to talk about your word, to learn about what happened here among the Jews and the Gentiles, to learn that you love and your love is impartial and that you have granted repentance to Jews and Gentiles alike, that we all are able to be saved by the blood of your son, Jesus. And may we take that message out to as many people as we possibly can. We love you so very much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Welcome to the podcast, Text Talk. We are looking at Acts chapter... <laughs> That was that was a little loud. You a little much. Gonna right. watch the levels there. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, Spike. Welcome to the podcast, Textile. <laughs> All right, here we are. <laughs> Three, two, one. Outtake rich episode here today. In this episode of Text Talk, we've been learning about alliteration, and we have been learning about inclusios. <laughs> We're not going to be able to recover on this Yeah, one, no, we? We, I'm talking about so rich. Okay, so three, two, one. And now for something completely different. <laughs> right. As you were talking right there, Andrew, one of the things that occurs to me that I, that I want to make sure that we, we keep in our mind. Actually, wow. The one thing that occurred to me was completely taken out of my mind. Man, it is lost. I will think of it at 2 o'clock this morning. I'll call you. We'll record it then. 
And so uh, we recognize, uh, I just remembered what I actually wanted to say earlier. <laughs> oh, well, we missed it. <laughs> we might have to do this episode completely over. Let's pray. <laughs> okay. Let me just make a note that I have to listen to this whole episode. Yeah. And you're going to cringe while you do. <laughs> Before posting.